This morning I, um, I want to talk about living with purpose. And one of the ways we do that is actually moving out of our comfort zones. Because uh, we can become comfortable in life, can't we? We can stop having that pioneering spirit and opt for a, a settling spirit. And we're going to look at some, um, some examples this morning and I pray that I'm able to challenge you as it has challenged me because if you're anything like me, I like comfort. Okay, I like my recliner. I like, you know, my cup of tea. I like just vegging out. I like being comfortable. It's just a natural default, isn't it? You're the same? Especially when it comes, you know, to, to working hard all week, you know, stuff happening. You get just a chance to, to sit back and settle you think, yeah, this is a life. And so this morning I want to look at um, a couple of things. Firstly, the story of Abraham. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Genesis 12. And we're going to look at this. If you haven't got your Bibles, go and see Bruce. He'll get you one. But you can follow along on the screen. We're just starting off at the end of verse 11. Terah became the father of Abraham, Abram, Nahor, and Horan. And Horan became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was a daughter of Haran the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Okay, you getting all this? Now, Sarah was barren. She had no children. Terah took his son, Abram, his grandson, Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, wife of his son, Abram, and together they set out for her, for Ur, from Ur of the childrens to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived at 205 years and he died in Haran. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. Now don't worry about too much about the names and the, and, and the genealogy of it all. But there's a couple of points I want to make of this. You've all heard of Abraham, okay, well, Abram became Abraham. You can read that further on in a couple of chapters in Genesis. But basically, Abram is Abraham, okay, you got that? And so we see here that um, an account of Abraham's family. We see his father, um, his nephews, his wife, and, and, and the close relatives, they, they leave for a foreign land. The journey of Abraham actually began with his father. His father took the family, as we see there in, at the end of verse, uh, chapter 11. He took the family and set out on a journey, a journey that was purposed by God. Who believes Abraham had a purpose for his life? Who believes you have a purpose for your life? We all have purpose. 
We are all called to live for that purpose. And every one of us has a story. And I believe it is all set in the storybook of God. Who's ever heard of a fellow called Ishkabah? Neither have I. Because he's not in the Bible, he probably stayed at home and watched TV and did nothing. But Abraham did something. He got out of where he felt comfortable. He moved in accordance with God's call in his life and he achieved something great. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke about living supernaturally. And I looked at a couple of issues that stop us from living supernaturally. But just to recap, just in case you weren't here. You know, it, it seems such a spiritual ideal to live supernaturally, but it is quite basic. To live supernaturally is basically to take a principle that comes from above, because that's what super means, it means from above, and apply it to our natural life. So we take a biblical principle, we apply it to something in our life, and there you have it, we are living supernaturally. We are all called to do that. And, and we touched on some of the hindrances that stop us living supernaturally. First is circumstance. you remember that? Circumstances can stop us living supernaturally. Other people can stop us living supernaturally. A lack of preparation can stop us living supernaturally. Running our race alone can stop us living supernaturally. All these things have the ability to stop us living our purpose. This morning I want to touch on something else. And something that's a little more subtle in providing a barrier, a hindrance to living with purpose. Who can tell me what it is? Come on, I'll give you the answer. Becoming comfortable. Becoming comfortable. When we, when we settle for where we're at, where we think that we've arrived, we then start to actually go backwards. Did you know that? When we stop moving forward, we don't actually stand still. We actually start to go backwards. We see this in the story of Abraham. His father took the family and they began a journey, a journey that was called in the purpose of God. Because God wanted them to do something. It was part of his plan. But they reached, where did they reach? A place called Haran. And they stayed. He settled. The Bible doesn't tell us how long he was there for. Could have been a few years, could have been a decade or two. But we see that once Terah died, 
what was he, 205 years old. He lived a pretty long life, pretty good life. But we see in that time, Abraham received a renewing of the call. He heard from God. And he says, leave your family and your land and go to a place that I will show you. Who's ever sensed that God has spoken to them out of the blue? Sense that there's been this, this compulsion to do something. Probably not as dramatic as shifting your house and moving overseas or, or doing anything like that. But it could have been anything, even something as simple as seeing someone and God, by His Spirit, prompting you, go and talk to that person. You ever been in that situation? It's not as dramatic as Abraham's. But who's ever had that inclination and then all of a sudden thought, oh, that's out of my comfort zone. Hang on a sec. That's, oh, I'm not used to that. What are the implications of it all? How much time is this going to take? What am I going to have to give of myself? What am I going to have to give up? And all of a sudden, we're punching up against the, the sides of the, the comfort zone, but we're not breaking through. When we look at the life of Abraham, he's still known today as the father of faith. He's still an example in which even the, uh, the writers of the New Testament, um, the writer of Hebrews, um, talks about Abraham in chapter 11 as a hero of faith. We still speak about Abraham in glowing terms. Why? Because he got out of his comfort zone. He moved from where he was into a place where he didn't even know where he was going. He didn't know what to expect. He didn't know what was going to be asked of him. He just heard the call, I want you to go. I want you to go. When we hear those words, it actually starts ringing for me in that we have a similar command, don't we? And we'll reflect on that a little bit later. But in Matthew 28, 19, what is our command? Go. Go into all the world. Now, for some of that, we're going to do that physically. We're going to actually jump on a plane and we're going to go to other parts of the world. For some of us, that, that, that actually is expressed in different ways. And we're not going to talk about that right now. But it is a command that we all have to go into all the world. It could be something as simple as supporting an organization like the Gideons. Where they have people that are going, but they need support, they need prayer. They need financial support. Here's a quote. Greatness is never achieved inside your comfort zone. You can write that down, stick it on your fridge and your bathroom mirror. But if you are willing to settle, then let me dare say it, 
it's going to be difficult to achieve anything great. And that challenges me. Because if I know that I'm living for purpose, if I know that my life is actually part of a, a plan and that I'm part of it like a piece of a jigsaw puzzle, then if I am settling, if I am just sitting back and saying, I don't want to extend myself, I'm not willing to go past that line, then I'm actually failing to contribute to the plans of God. And when we're talking about greatness... Again, it's not talking about the limelight. It's not talking about the notoriety of, of fame or fortune or anything like that. Greatness is actually being all that God has purposed you to be. And if you are fulfilling all that God has purposed you to be, then you are fulfilling your greatness. And you know what? No one else might even notice. But our Father in heaven notices. To deny greatness is to mock who God has called us to be. Now, we might look at greatness and think as Aussies, you know, who suffer a bit from tall poppy syndrome, that, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm great. But we are great. We are created in the image of God. We, we are His likeness. And so if we devalue or deny that in Christ we are great, then what we are saying is that, God, you are less than, than great. You are less than perfect. You are less than the best. Uh, Psalm 18.35 says, You have given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand supports me. Your gentleness has made me great. Now think about that for a moment. Who here is saved by the blood of Jesus? We have all received the shield of salvation. It's a gift, as we heard in communion. So if you are saved by grace, by the blood of Jesus, then guess what? You have been made great. You have, pur you have been purposed for greatness. And we need to be comfortable in that. It's not that we go around big noting ourselves. Hey, Steve, did you know I'm great? <laughs> but there's that assurance, assurance, that inner knowing, that I know, that I know, that I know, that despite whatever is going on around me, and even if, yes, I'm not having a great week. And even if, you know, someone has said something against me and, I, and I'm tempted to become offended, I'm going to shun all that because I'm assured that God has made me something. He has made me great and he has made me for purpose. And if I'm going to deny any of that, then I'm settling for the comfort zone. I'm just thinking, man, that's just a wall. That's all too much. I'm just going to sit back here. But we do need to break out of it. What is your comfort zone? It's simply this. It's where you are in control. Where everything that happens is under your control, you'll determine 
what happens, what doesn't happen. It's where the outcome is usually predictable. It's where you feel safe. It's where your actions are determined by your ability and your knowledge. It's our default position. It's our human nature. But if we are going to live supernaturally, if we are going to live with purpose, then we've got to start to understand that there are some principles from above that are going to shake our tree in these principles here. You see, because if we're living for purpose, if we're living in the purpose of God, then guess what? We are not in control. God is in control. True or not true? This is true. This is tr not true. All right, so work with me. So if we are living for God, we are not in control. True? True. Good. I've got some of you going. If we're living for God and in the purposes of God, the outcome is not up to us, is it? The outcome is up to God. We might not necessarily feel safe. And our actions go beyond our ability and our knowledge. A testimony of 15 bags of food and three prayers. Last Tuesday, we had a crazy day as far as community cupboard. For that day, from when we opened in the morning to when we packed up at night, about half a dozen people came in and we gave away 15 bags of food. And that was just awesome, just being able to bless people, just saying... They, they ring up, they come in, said, you know, I'm running low on food this week. Can you help? Yep, sure. Here it is. One person comes in, never seen him before. He comes in, he's holding his mouth. He's like this all the time I'm serving him. I said, what's, what's the matter, mate? What's going on? He says, oh, man, this toothache of mine is just driving me nuts. It's about 12 on the Richter scale. It's just, you know, it's just blowing my head off. The pain was that great. So I just let it go, and as I was serving him, um, and then he was about to walk out the door, I said, hang on a sec, bud. I said, we can pray for that. Now, you've got to understand, for me, I'm stepping out of my comfort zone. For me, I would have just rather, okay, well, hope you find a dentist soon, you know, sort of attitude. And it's not because I'm cruel. It's not because I'm sadistic. It's just that, well, to step out and offer prayer, where's this going to lead? What's this going to do? So stepping out of your comfort zone, stepping out of the realm where everything is neat and tidy, everything is predictable, and saying, hey, mate, hang on a sec. I know someone who can do something for that pain. And so we prayed. We prayed. After about 15 seconds, the countenance on his face just changes. 
And he says, man, that just went from a 10 to a 2. And I thought, wow, glory to God. Glory to God. Not literally 10 minutes later, another couple walk in. They had actually met through their commonality of chronic pain. Chronic pain had brought them together. The lady with her um, kidneys and, and liver functions and the man with, with back problems, just sciatic nerve. Again, serve them with food. They're low on food. They're just traveling through Griffith, heading to Queensland. Cut a long story short, I prayed for the fella. I said, man, Jesus can do something about that pain. And as I'm praying, you could just see tears coming down his face. And I just took my hand off after about half a minute, and he's just there like this, and he's just, you can see the glory of God all over him. And he opens his, his eyes after about a minute, and he, and he said to me, I thought you were still behind me. He said, the, pain, the, 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 the warmth on my back was just radiating. And he's going like this, and he's going like that, and he's crying tears of joy. He says, I haven't been able to do that for years. And his partner looks at me, and she's crying. She goes, I want some of that. I want some of that. See, when we step out of our comfort zone, when we take something that goes beyond our ability, because... Man, as I was assuring them, don't look at me as if I'm some magician. Don't look at me as if I'm healing. Jesus is the healer. But see, I've prayed for people and they've, they've sensed nothing. There's been no healing. And I can take that and step back and say, well, I'm just going to play it safe. I'm not going to step out. I don't want to look like a fool. I don't want to you know, declare that Jesus is um, the healer and then nothing happens. Come on, am I talking to the right sort of people here or you guys got it down pat? Hey? Eh? I'm talking about stepping out in faith and is that not what we're called to do? Is that not our purpose? Even in those small things. It's not about the limelight. It's not about getting your name known. It's not about any of those things. It's just about following the call of God and stepping out in faith when we need to step out. Because why? I took a biblical principle and I applied it in the natural. Needless to say, those people walked away with more than food that morning. Something far greater than something to fill their stomachs. Who is walking past you every day of your life? Who in the spirit is screaming out and looking for answers, looking for something, and yet we are just minding our own business, doing our own thing, in our comfort zone, to and from whatever we're going from, living life, and disregarding those urges to or those promptings to say something, or even just to say, hello, how you doing? If we see someone in pain saying, hey, I know someone who can ease that pain. 
even if it's emotional pain or spiritual pain, not just physical pain. All fairly quiet here. I hope Holy Spirit is speaking to us this morning and challenging us in this area. So to finish off, you might be thinking that all sounds good, but how do we go about this? Well, if you're taking notes, just take down these three or four points and reflect upon them. If you're not taking notes, just make a mental note that the first thing you need to do if you want to break out of your comfort zone is what? Trust God. Turn to the person next to you and say, man, we need to trust in God. Come on. We need to trust in God. Now that rolls off the tongue quite eloquently, quite beautifully, doesn't it? We need to trust in God. We can say it with all the conviction in our heart. But when it comes to action, where do we stand? Where do we stand? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your paths straight. Trust in God. And if something doesn't come or if something doesn't work how you thought it was work, if something happens and you thought, man, that just stinks, that's just rotten to the core, we just got to say, well, you know what? God's got this in control. I know I can trust in Him. Okay? Second one is quite easy. I was going to tell you to turn to the person next to you, but that might be a bit rude, eh? Or if you feel like it, turn to the person next to you and say, get over yourself. <laughs> we need to learn to get over ourselves. Who has come to a realisation, probably the, around the age of 19, 20, 21, that you are not the centre of the universe? Okay? The world is not revolve around you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus, his first and foremost. It's about his plans and purposes. It's about understanding that our journey here is part of a bigger picture. And it's not just this journey here on earth, but it has eternal value. Proverbs 3, 7 says what? Continuing after 5 and 6 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. It's not about us. You might have heard this a few times over the last couple of weeks. But this is another way to break out of our comfort zone. It is to be generous. Proverbs 3 goes on to say in verse 9, Honour the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labour. That's the amplified version. Your sufficiency. Where is your sufficiency? Is it in the area of being able to encourage people? 
Is that where you're sufficient? Then be generous with it. It seems like I'm going over old ground here. But it's important. Are you sufficient in being able to help someone in a certain situation? Then give generously. If you have time to give, give it. If you have a gift to give, give it. If you have finances to give, give it. It'll make you uncomfortable, but it will achieve what it sets out to do. It will not return void because you are taking the words of God and you are putting them into action. The King James says, Honor the Lord with thy substance. Substance. That substance might just be you. Give of yourself in whatever capacity that you are able. You see, when Abraham stepped out in faith, when he followed the call of God, when he left his comfortable surroundings where it was safe, uh, it was predictable, it was you know, comfortable in, in, in context of his surrounding and culture. This was the promise that God gave him. And he says, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. My friends, if you've been part of this church for any time now, you will know that you are blessed because we keep, we keep preaching you are blessed because of your relationship with God. That is the blessing, your relationship with God and your relationship with other people. And if you are blessed, then guess what? We need to be a blessing. What we have received, as Matthew sort of tweaks it, in sending out the 72, he told them this, as you go, go into all the world. Matthew 28 says, Preach this message. Share the gospel with every creature. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. And what's it say there? Freely you have received, freely give. That is the message for us today. Live with purpose. But to live that purpose, you're going to have to get uncomfortable. Whatever that looks like in your own life, you know. You know where that boundary is. You know where that you need to take that step of faith. I can't say that to you. That's between you and God. 
of course, we are here to help you and prompt you and encourage you in that, even to be a listening ear and at times to give advice. But I want to encourage you, follow the prompting of God. Step out in faith, live with purpose, and you will see great things happen. Amen. You will see people's hearts turn to Jesus. You will see people fulfill everything that they've been called to do in their life. I challenge you in this this morning, and I pray that there is an opportunity this week sometime for you to exercise something that you've heard here this morning. Don't turn a blind eye to it. Take it on, full head on. Amen.